I hope you're well. It's a bit later than I usually record on Sundays. We are um, rounding the bend here on Sunday evening, which is um, always kind of a downer moment. Um, but I thought I would sneak in and record this before I then try and go do some hasty last minute sewing on the coat project, which I'm behind on. Um, and today what I thought I would talk about is unexpected motivation and um, self-help work. You know, I think of this podcast as so niche and um, very kind of focused and weird in its orientation. That is, I love to think about knitting and I've been working on my own path to recovery and um, so much of it is linked for me, but it does feel really, really um, idiosyncratic. And I'm just so glad to have found a few others who are interested in hearing me talk about this. And so I want to begin by thanking you for joining me. Um, there are more of you than I thought there would be when I started, and that's really exciting. And it's made me want to continue with this podcast. I find it really helpful to share about making and my thoughts about recovery um, through thinking about knitting um, because that's one of my passions and I find that it just helps me practice some of the skills that I'm learning in my 12-step program, for, which for me is Al-Anon. Um, so I'll begin by saying welcome. Thank you again for joining me here. I am I'm just delighted that I'm not alone. And um, I talk here as someone who is on um, my own path to recovery, and so I'm just sharing my strength and hope, and I encourage you to leave everything that isn't useful to you behind. Um, and I hope that it can be somewhat useful, um, but I'm not obviously speaking as a representative of any 12-step program, and I'm just speaking from my own personal perspective. So I've been having a lot of anxiety. And so have my kids. I think there's just something going on with um, the transition to online school. My daughter's really finding it challenging, and we're kind of, oh gosh, working together, but not always um, seamlessly. <laughs> there's a lot of struggle. I mean, it's really hard what she's doing, and I'm freaking out a bit about what it means for my own work and how I'm going to balance all of this. And as I said before, my... Um, qualifier, my ex-husband, we're separated, is um, in a period of transition and it's really stressful. Um, my kids have a lot of hope and I have a lot of dread and I am trying to keep that to myself and work my program and keep the focus on me and really just sit with the discomfort that I have and the fear that I have. And while I, why I'm saying this is that it means that right before bed, I have some trouble and so does my daughter settling down. So we're often just sort of reading in bed and um, she is, you know, I'm really on her schedule more than mine. And so sometimes I'm just picking up things to sort of find 10 minutes to read, but not a book that's going to, um, you know, extend. Usually I'm so tired that I don't want to focus on a complex plot, although I have been reading a lot of um, mystery novels. I highly recommend that. Um, but anyway, one of the books that I picked up to get to the point <laughs> is um, a book that one of my neighbors gifted to me through my Buy Nothing group. And she had a friend who was giving away all kinds of knitting books and she let me um, take a first kind of uh, tour through them and see if there were any that caught my fancy. And one of them I grabbed um, 
because I just know that the author's really interesting. I have one of her um, other books about knitting. I think Knitting from the Top Down. But the book that I grabbed from my neighbor is called Sweater Design in Plain English by Maggie Rigetti, who is the author of Knitting in Plain English. So that's probably the book I have. Sorry. Barbara Walker, I think, is Knitting from the Top Down. So I have Knitting in Plain English. I've read it. I really like it. Uh, And so I thought, oh, I'll grab this one. And, you know, I do not consider myself to be somebody who is interested in sweater design or a designer in any kind of way, shape, or form, but I am really interested in working with yarn that I have, and I found that this book might maybe, you know, my hope was that it would help me in that project of, like, not spending a dime more than I have to, but also feeling like I can be creative and keep this hobby that I love, Um, because one of the stressors that I'm having right now is financial. My ex has... You know, we're not divorced yet, and so there's some financial um, connections between him and me, and we have a different style, and I'm just really nervous that I'm going to be on the hook for some of these bills that he's racking up. So anyway, I can't. I have the itch to, like, create a new sweater. I want to cast on a sweater. It's fall. Oh, my goodness. Everybody's working on their Rhinebeck sweaters. I have been working on my shawls. I've been making a lot of shawls during COVID and quarantine, but I'm finding myself really longing for a sweater project. And so, you know, I have a few sweaters. I have two sweater quantities worth of yarn that I want to work up. And they both have patterns that I bought them with in mind, but I'm kind of on the fence about it. So I've just been exploring, well, what else could I do with them? And so this book I just grabbed and I was like, well, maybe it'll give me some inspiration. This is a really long preamble for what I want to talk about. But what I found there was so, um, was exactly what I needed to hear in one of these anxious nights. Um, and it's a, it's one of the opening chapters and Maggie Rigetti is talking about fear and fear of failure and fear of what she calls knitting a fiasco. Um, and she defines fiasco in two different ways, right? One is that, um, she says, She's so funny. She says, we have all seen completely disastrous sweaters. We don't want to make one. And I like love that because of course I have made a number of disastrous sweaters in my career as a knitter. I've been knitting now, oh my goodness, 20 years. I started, I think I started right around um, the holiday season of um, my first year in grad school, which was 1999 aging myself (laughs) but these disastrous sweaters um and and she 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 nails this down she says that you know we don't of course we don't want to make one and we all know we've all seen them um and what we want is a good looking and well-fitting garment that we will be proud of and we fear and this is me quoting her that the project will be a costly mistake a waste of money time and effort and that sense of financial fear embedded in the fear of making is, you know, it was exactly where I was at this week, thinking about how I was um, worried about money and really wanting to turn to knitting um, to provide some stress relief, but then also seeing that kind of drift into my project. And it brought me right back to when I was first knitting on a graduate student budget, and I had bought this gorgeous Noro silk garden yarn 
multicolored, variegated. I think I've even talked about this. And I made like the cross, my friends called it a cross between a Cosby sweater and a medieval jester's like corset. It was just absurd. Um, and I eventually reworked it into a beautiful interlac shawl. But I thought of that. That's like when she says we've all seen a completely disastrous sweater, that was my Noro garden so garden sweater and um a lot of it was the cost that I'd spent so much money probably I would say at least a week's worth of um life um on that yarn um it was just so expensive at the time more than I could even fathom but I wanted it I thought it was so pretty and I was drawn to it and I made one of those like ridiculous decisions you sometimes make when you're on a very restricted budget like just completely absurd purchases after you know being so so disciplined for so long sometimes you just (laughs) let loose in the wrong ways Um, and that's true more broadly but I could certainly see it especially in that period of life (laughs) I made all kinds of mistakes um And one of the smallest ones was that yarn purchase. Um, Anyway, so this book kind of spoke to me right now because I wondered if I was in a similar moment and if I was putting too much pressure on myself. And what I found in this chapter was just delightful. And I highly recommend, if you can get a copy of it, if your library's open, that you check it out just for this first chapter, which she says, before you begin overcoming your fear of failure. And I just found the pep talk that I needed in this book. And it's so um, out of step, I think, with what the current quote unquote making community, how we talk about fears of failure and motivation. I just listened to the Love to Sew podcast about maker affirmations. And while I completely appreciated um, the spirit of the affirmations, I just found myself unable to fully relate um, to the way that confidence and making were being talked about in that episode. And maybe it's because I still have so much work to do in my own recovery where I feel like the shame of... um, addiction just isn't part of that conversation in in any way shape or form and a lot of my fear of failure is linked to the chaos of living um, with this baffling and destructive disease and so I just didn't see myself in that and I don't see myself often reflected in um, you know the Instagram community of making there's a lot of ways in which I don't you know, I, there's definitely an Al-Anon community online that I really love, but I don't see it intersecting or touching with um, making. And so I found this chapter to be exactly what I needed to hear and also not something that I'm hearing about on the, you know, the normal conversation streams that I'm listening to these days about knitting and making and sewing. And, you know, one is the financial f- discussion of this and but not just the cost right and how it can sort of I know there's a lot of discussion about who's left out of our communities in those making spaces because of the cost of knitting um, and that's certainly a piece of this um, but that way in which it can create a fear of failure was something that just really sp- spoke to me now she's Maggie Rigetti is completely focused on overcoming a fear of design and and her point is that 
one of the things that we as knitters do, because we have this fear of failure and we want to avoid the completely disastrous sweater, is that we stick to patterns because they're known and that we think offer us a better chance of success. And her point here is that we need to trust ourselves more and step away from the pattern and begin to really design a garment that's made for us. So this is not about sweater design for everyone or how to become a pattern designer. It's more about how to design a project that works for you, that's going to be something you'll wear that's going to be something that fits and it's going to be something that's a pleasure and a joy to make. And she's really clear that, you know, she's got this kind of woo-woo advice where she keeps telling you to make swatches and let the yarn talk to you about what it wants to be. And I find that to be um, really interesting um, because, again, it's about using what you have and making it gorgeous um, and transforming something that you weren't quite sure what to do with into the exact right thing that it was destined to become. But she also kind of gets at the psychological motivations that are hanging out behind um, some of these projects. And, you know, she says in some ways that um, a lot of this has to do about the fear of what those around us will say. And she says there's a second part to the fear of failure beyond the fear that the sweater will be a dud. It is the fear of the reactions that an imperfect finished garment will elicit from both ourselves and others. No one wants to appear foolish or stupid. We all need approval from the self and from others. And if we do not hear ourselves and or others saying that what we are doing is worthwhile, we cannot function. And how can we get approval if what we make is no good? And she says, she goes on to say that long before we were even, you know, long ago, before we were six or seven or eight years old, we received these messages from people around us telling us how to view both ourselves and the world. These old tapes were put into our heads as truths, and we believed them. And she says we've outgrown them, but we keep playing them over and over, and that they're shaping our knitting. Ah. I just found this so fascinating. She concludes this bit. It's so good. I won't read it all um, because of copyright, (laughs) but also because it's just so good and I want you to, to maybe go find it in your library. But she says that we cannot abide the thought of failing and the fear of failing keeps us from trying new things. She says we stay in the same unhappy, non creative place, living with the same old problems oh my gosh, this feels like program literature to me, right? Like this idea, the fear of failure keeps you from trying something new and finding a new way to be happy and keeps you focused on the same old problems is something that I've been thinking a lot about. Now, I don't know if I keep knitting the same old sweaters. Maybe I do. (laughs) So I need to change the tape and maybe I need to change the pattern uh, um, that I'm working with. Um, But whatever it is, I just found exactly what I needed in this chapter of Maggie Rigetti's Sweater Design in Plain English. So I very, very much recommend chapter one, Overcoming Your Fear of Failure. It's like four pages, and I I can't speak it highly enough of them. They're going to be kind of what I'm working through, and I'm feeling really anxious about the week ahead of what I need to be doing both Um, in terms of creative 
creativity in terms of making and then also creativity in terms of solving all of these problems um, that come with living and loving somebody who struggles with addiction. And I am really working on taking care of myself, um, meeting my own self-promises, and like I said, really working my program and keeping the focus on me, even as the waters around me get a bit choppy. So that's where I'm at. I hope you all are well. Um, I'm going to go and try and finish up the coat that I'm making. It's been both a pleasure and a struggle. And I'm not sure if I'm making a disaster, a complete disaster. Um, But the good news is that it's not an expensive one. So I got all these materials from Upcycle. And I feel like in this instance, if it doesn't work out, then I merely have invested my time and not necessarily my time, my effort, and my money. So I'm cautiously optimistic, um, but I really do need, just want to get it done. There's, I'm rounding the bend and I'm close. So I'm going to go work on that today. I am wishing you uh, all kinds of um, safety and joy this week ahead. I hope that you have beautiful materials to work with and that you are overcoming any fears of failure about designing something amazing um, for those materials. And uh, thanks again for listening and take care. Bye.